Our lives are built of moments of all sorts of shapes and sizes. Sometimes these experiences may be insignificant, while the major changes leave a far more lasting impression. In today's episode, I review a series that spans decades of a single family's life and how all of the joys and all of the heartache ultimately brings them together. I'm your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue. Welcome back, cuties, to another episode of That's My Cue, your one-stop podcast to get the latest reviews on all things TV shows, movies, albums, and games. Today, y'all, we have a great episode for you as always. You know, it's been cooking up in the lab, and I'm ready, you know, I, to, to bring my A game. You know, I mean, granted, every host is inevitably going to say that, right? You know, like... You know, I, I would like to hear a host to just start at the top of the show and say, you know what, y'all? Maybe skip this one. You know, swerve it on them just a little bit. But, you know, I'm going to say don't skip this one because depending on how you look at it, fortunately, I'm not that host. Because, I don't know, I promise you that this is a show that I've been I, – I promise you is what I'm trying to say. I promise you that this is a show that I've been a big fan of. Of for years, and I'm I'm just excited to talk about it. I'm ready to break it down for you. So today I'll be talking about uh, NBC's hit drama This Is Us. And so y'all, if you've never seen the show before, or maybe you've seen maybe the first few seasons and and want to know how the rest of the show plays out, stick around because this program is gonna be up and running for you. It's gonna be good. But we have a lot of things to talk about today, and so before we get into the review, let's talk about some things that I'm currently into. All right, and so first up, we have the new MCU show, Miss Marvel, which just premiered this week for Disney+. Plus. Upon watching the first episode, I'd say it's okay. It's not great, it's not bad, it's decent. It's probably not for me, though, as I'm kind of speaking directly to the tone of the show, which looks and plays off so much like a Disney Channel original movie with just a slightly better budget. That's not to say that it's not great at all. It's just not something that's probably appealing for me, a grown man. I mean, granted, the lead actress, Iman Vellani, is charming. She's energetic. And there's some neat visual flares that the, you know, uh, creators put out to kind of embody uh, Kamala Khan's, you know, uh, creative and imaginative uh, style. But it just feels like it's just aimed for a much younger audience, which I would take, you know, uh, a lot of money to bet that it is definitely aimed for that demographic. Still, I mean, when I think about it, a lot of the MCU movies and TV shows are aimed for audiences of all ages, especially for, for teenagers. So, uh, I mean, like I was a teenager when the first Iron Man movie came out, and I was really into that. So, I don't know if we really needed a show that, you know, directly aims and targets that specific audience, per se, with that, you know, uh, more lighthearted tone. But I think it also helps differentiate itself from uh, shows like WandaVision or maybe Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has a much darker, uh, uh, you know, uh, atmosphere to it. But I don't know. 
Like the Obi-Wan show, uh, I'm going to say it's still too early to say what the general consensus is going to be, but I don't mind, you know, maybe waiting this one out until it's finished so I can just stream all the episodes all at once once it comes out. But up next we have Death Stranding's director cut for the PlayStation 5. Y'all, I just uh, finally finished Horizon Forbidden West. Kind of a long game. Didn't really care about the story for too much, but I'll go into that uh, a little more in depth with a future review. But I just decided to revisit Death Stranding after, you know, uh, picking it up a few years ago and initially just not enjoying it when uh, when I first dipped into it. But now I can genuinely say that I turned my whole opinion of it right around because I think that the director's cut makes a lot of nice additions and um, you know uh, interesting uh, gameplay mechanics that wasn't original uh, that wasn't in the original base game and also on top of that the smoother frame rate and uh, high resolution makes the game which is already stunning to look at already just that much better to play. It's nice to step into the the shoes, if you will, as Norman Reedus and just tra- traverse the world of uh, Death Stranding in a way that feels deliberately slow. They've said it before in previous reviews uh, all over, you know, uh, the gaming media, but it is a slow game, but I also like it, like it a lot too. It's haunting to look at, and I just, I just find a lot of beauty in its themes, you know, in the way that it just literally connects players together and it's all about helping one another. It's just a positive message in a game that feels overly complicated and a little bleak. But I appreciate the value that it brings to the table. And even though I travel pretty frequently and I'm not able to play it as often... I am excited to jump back into this once I get home for the weekend, so I'm looking forward to that. Up next, we have the new season of The Orville, now finding its new home as a Hulu exclusive before it was just airing on Fox and then would show uh, next day on Hulu. But now it's full throttle Hulu. So if you're a big fan of sci-fi shows like the original Star Trek or Star Trek The Next Generation, this is a show that's definitely going to scratch... Scritch that atch for you. You know what I'm trying to say. Scratch that itch for you. Compared to Seth MacFarlane's other shows like Family Guy or American Dad, The Orville is pretty polar opposite in tone and execution that it's a respectable homage to the shows that it's clearly inspired by. Season 1 definitely finds its footing towards the end, and Season 2 was so emotionally gripping with its storytelling and its themes uh, across many of its episodes that it truly just made for some fine sci-fi TV. Season 3 is now subtitled as uh, New Horizons, and like I said, it's exclusive to Hulu, and it just hits all of the right notes that I was looking forward to, uh, you know, watching week to week uh, before. And, you know, I'm, I'm also looking forward to watching it week to week as it airs. So, yeah. Check, check it out. I really recommend that if you haven't given it a shot, maybe you saw that it's a Seth MacFarlane show and you think it's just going to be a full-on comedy. It has its moments, but I really think that it uh, definitely has a lot of merit to it. And finally, this is kind of a long currently list. Finally, we have another season premiere, and this time it's for the third season of The Boys. The Boys is a show that I... I don't know. I tend to have a love-hate relationship with. A lot of people might not agree with me, but I I love its boldness and some of the comedy, 
but I also hate its crassness, especially in the way that it just approaches uh, its, you know, subject material. And I, I, I feel like it just often feels pretty self-indulgent when it goes into those gratuitous places. I don't know. You know, teenage me would have been like, yeah, this is awesome. But as, yeah, I'm, you know, it just, it, it feels lame now. I mean, some of you might say, well, Christian, actually, the comics were like that, too. And yeah, I didn't like the comics either, okay? The comics were just gritty for the sake of being gritty, and it just comes across as immature. Granted, I I still feel invested in the story of the television show, because when the show is actually good, it's good. I think that the plot of the first three episodes are a little all over the place, but I think that stakes are definitely higher, and I think that the cast is bringing their A-game as usual. So, yeah. Let me know what you are checking out on your own currently list. I'd love to, you know, get some good recommendations. But without further ado, let's dive into today's review. Once again, we're going to be talking all about NBC's hit family drama. Or is it a drama about a family? Well, regardless, I'll be talking all about This Is Us, which premiered on on September 20th, 2016 and ended on May 24th, 2022. Created by Dan Fogelman, who was the uh, screenwriter for movies like Crazy Stupid Love or Disney's Tangled. This show stars an ensemble cast of so many great actors. Uh, all of them uh, include Sterling K. Brown, Milo Ventimiglia, Mandy Moore, Chrissy Metz, Justin Hartley, Susan Kalichi Watson, and so many more actors. This Is Us follows the story of the Pearson family over the course of their lives as past, present, and their futures all intertwine as they navigate their relationships with one another and with themselves. This Is Us over its sixth season run is one of the ten-pole dramas that prove that network television can still produce consistent, long-form episodes through a lengthy period of time compared to its streaming competitors. Its pilot episode back in 2016 is nothing short of excellent writing in television with plenty of memorable episodes that are sprinkled over the course of its story. Many can tell you how easily gripping and emotionally heart-wrenching it can be, and This Is Us, especially in its early seasons, had so many rich storylines to draw from that it is consistently tear-inducing from start to finish. By the time the show reaches its fourth season, however, This Is Us begins to lack consistency and even shows its uh, narrative hand and uh, tends to fall on safety nets that it just falls back on from time to time. Characters begin to feel stale in some instances, and uh, the dramatically charged monologues also start to become easily transparent and predictable miles away before they even happen. But the investment in the Pearson family story is what propelled its final season to the end with some deeply satisfying episodes. One major issue with the show is its lack of commitment to the risks it poses for its several characters. On many occasions, the writers would set up a dramatic storyline, for example, where it sets up the stakes and the risks, only to then pivot and resolve it with a solution that just makes most of the drama feel moot, which can, of course, happen over uh, an arc spanning the whole season, or even within a single episode. 
Other times, some of the dialogue can come across as awkward, clunky, corny, and just fails to convince the audience that some of the characters are close by telling us that they're close more than what they actually show. Still, at its core, This Is Us boasts some stellar performances from its cast, with Sterling K. Brown, Mandy Moore, and Milo Ventimiglia easily standing out as the reliable anchor that draws its audience week to week. As mentioned before, This Is Us is unique in the way that it examines the lives of its characters, not only in the present, but in all relevant eras of their lives, thus further expanding out the cast with some excellently casted actors to also portray younger versions of our main ensemble. While it may not always be a perfect show, especially when the writing can falter to overly sentimental territory, This Is Us bears its greatest strengths on its shoulders through the cast that fills its ranks. Its later seasons dip in quality, but never to a staggering degree, leaving six seasons of resonant television that is sure to move its audience of all walks of life. And I'm going to give this show an 8 out of 10. And you can watch all the episodes currently on Hulu. I mean, probably Peacock in the future, but let's be honest, most of us probably have Hulu. But with that being said, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, instead of Taking a sip of that stinky bisque like I frequently do on the show, I figured I'd just rank all the seasons of This Is Us on a tier list and just give some specific episodes that I think you should watch. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Today on our program, I gave my review for This Is Us, and now I figured I'd create a tier list for all six seasons of the show, which is something I typically would have done for a bonus episode, but I'm going to do it now. So, quick breakdown of this is your first time with understanding how tier lists work, but basically I'm going to be assigning each season with a letter grade uh, from A to F, kind of like in school, with the exception of the S tier, which is specifically reserved for the best of the best. So, I mean, this is a lot easier than maybe ranking each season in numerical order, and by giving each of them a grade, it should at least give you an idea of where it all lands in terms of quality if you've never seen the show before. And don't worry, there's no spoilers, so I'm just going to keep it as vague as possible. So, without further ado, Season 1, I'm going to put this right up in S tier. That's right, it starts off with the best of the best. So even if you just watch Season 1, it's you're in for a good ride. Season 1 is really what one audience is over in the first place. I think each episode is so well written and really lands... Uh, a lot of the major nominations for its cast members that are so well-deserved. Its storylines are simple, while each episode also ends with a nice revealing twist or maybe a nice uh, major re- revelation as to what's going to come uh, next in, in the season. But I'd say that I cried pretty much on a week-to-week basis when it aired. Some of my favorite episodes from this uh, season easily had to be The Pilot, Memphis, and Jack Pearson's Son. Moving on to season two. Y'all, this is going to be an A tier. Season two expands its cast a little more and even deepens its examination of Milo Ventimiglia's character in a way that deconstructs him more than what we first saw him in season one. The writing begins to kind of dance around in quality a bit from time to time, but I think that the introduction of Lyric Ross's character is what brings it all around as she gives a nice beautifully complex performance that adds to the dynamic um, right against Sterling K. Brown's character to play off of for the next few years. 
Some of the best episodes in this season easily had to be Super Bowl Sunday, number one, and this big, amazing, beautiful life. Now, when, we, when we're talking about season three, it's going to sit right in B tier. Season three kind of just goes all over the place by this point by introducing a long, like a, a, a long, boring arc for uh, Sterling K. Brown. But it also then allows other characters to shine, like Justin Hartley gets a lot more to do along with some nice um, moments to shine for other cast members like Chris Sullivan. There's also some episodes that deviate from the core family members that also provides a lot of good backstory for Sullivan and uh, Watson's characters as, as well. Key episodes that I really enjoyed were Vietnam, Sometimes, and Our Little Island Girl. And when we get to season four, it's also going to be right in beats here. By this point, season four had to shake some things up as the formula felt pretty routine and it introduces a lot of new characters that were also great additions as well, but they also feel like their storylines could have gone a lot further, and there's a lot of fruitful, uh, fruitful potential to explore, but it just ends up dropping those uh, plot lines over time. It also starts to plant the seeds that would then later culminate in the final season, so I think that season four is very crucial and important to the overall narrative of This Is Us, and it laid so much of the, the groundwork to prepare for, uh, the audience for what's to come. Some of the strongest episodes from this season had to be After the Fire, Flip a Coin, and The Club. And once again, you know, a little side pivot. I'm not telling you to just watch these episodes and not watch the rest of it. I think it definitely is worth watching from start to finish, but these, you know, these are the, the, the episodes that are, you know, the, the, the cream of the crop, the, the, the treat of the treat, which I don't even think is a phrase. But, you know, what I'm saying is that you're in for a good ride if you watch any of these episodes. And, of course, we got to go to season five, and that is going to be right in C tier. It's not really bad at all, but it just doesn't hold up to the candle of what came before. And uh, it feels like This Is Us is starting to uh, overstay its welcome by this point. This season, unfortunately, had to pivot so many gears in the storylines that it set up prior uh, due to the pandemic. I mean, you don't need me to remind you how weird the last few years have been and how life had to adjust accordingly to the ongoing health crisis. But with that being said... That also meant shows like This Is Us had to adjust as well, which for this show in particular, it, it's so heavily reliant in telling its story over the course of many years realistically that it would have to touch on the COVID-19 pandemic as well. This also meant changing a lot of Mandy Moore's storyline that was set up at the end of season four to better fit what was happening in the world at the time, and it also gave a much more complex narrative to follow as it pitted its characters to have a lot of much-needed heavy conversations. Uh, still, it's an uneven season that just felt like it barely made the landing by its conclusion. With that being said, some standout episodes uh, I that I enjoyed were One Small Step and Brotherly Love. And finally, we have the final season, season 6, and that's going to go right back up to B tier. The final season was far from perfect. It dragged on a little too long, especially between the conflict uh, with Chrissy Metz and Chris Sullivan's characters, and it just felt like it took up too much screen time uh, through a good third of the season, only to end on a nice, poignant note that is befitting of the show. Uh, 
it allows the huge roster of characters to have this nice, meaningful goodbye to the audience. And I think that's where This Is Us really finds its best moments. Undoubtedly, though, the best episodes from this season had to be on the tail end with Miguel, the train, and, of course, us. And, y'all, that's today's episode. I know This Is Us might not resonate with the uh, uh, the audience that TMQ typically reaches out to, but I think that this is a show that I really enjoyed that was on my queue, and I think it should be on yours as well. Maybe if you've seen This Is Us and you really enjoyed a lot. Let me know what your favorite episodes are, and maybe you uh, listened to this episode and you finished the whole show and you want to talk more about This Is Us. I would love nothing more. So feel free to hit me up on Instagram at That's My Q Podcast, on Twitter at Q Podcast, or you can also email the show at That's My Q Podcast at gmail.com. All three places are great, you know, uh, ways to reach out to me if you want to send some suggestions on what I should review next. But also more importantly, if you if you can, thank you so much for listening, but also be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and also leave a nice rating on Spotify, which also helps boosts attention for the show as well as maybe sharing the episode with a friend speaking of which for the first time in a long time we have another apple podcast review that someone left and it's so nice when i check it you know maybe every so often and seeing like maybe like a new five-star rating or maybe uh 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 I, well, I mean, this is the second review. So when I saw this review, I got super excited. I called Kate up. I was like, you, you got to listen to what this person had to say. So I was I was super elated. So uh, if you want to leave a, a, the show a review, it could also end up on a future episode. So you, go ahead and take the time to do that. That would be great. This new review for the podcast came from uh, a user by the name of MP3Girl who gave the show a five-star review. And honestly, MP3 Girl, that's the way to go. And MP3 Girl uh, titled their review as 10,000 out of 10 podcasts. It it broke the scale. TMQ, it's not even on the 1 to 10 scale. It's already at 10,000. That's how good this podcast is. Or so I would like to think. Anyways, MP3 Girl writes, This has to be my favorite podcast to listen to. I always look forward to tuning in to That's My Cue on my way home from work. This podcast keeps me up to date with the latest and greatest pop culture trends and content. Christian Ong is such a charming host and so funny. That's not... MP3 Girl really wrote it. That's not just me interjecting that. He gives awesome detailed reviews and has great guest hosts like the wonderful Katie and Harry Potter's Dobby. Yeah, you read that correctly. (laughs) It says that in parentheses. Uh, Personally, I'm a huge fan of Marvel movies and Christian's podcast uh, reviews. Always offer top-notch observations and insight on the latest. I'd highly recommend this podcast to anyone who is looking for insightful, fun, and lively discussions slash reviews on today's media. And I gotta say, MP3 girl, that is so nice for you to say. And it's just really... Pardon me! Come on, I told you not to climb on me. Just be a quick second. Dobby would like to thank you as well. Okay, I I understand that, Dobby, but you just gotta at least ask if you want to be on the show. Okay, can Dobby be on the show? Well, it's funny that you ask. And Dobby does not care at all. Okay. Um, Dobby would love to speak directly to you, MP3 girl. 
regarding Dobby's new financial... I, I, Dobby would describe it as a business investment. Dobby, I thought we already talked about that you can't keep coming onto the show with like a new business pitch. And I thought you went by Danny Elfman last time I checked. I mean, Dobby, formerly known as Danny Elfman, did go by Danny Elfman. Until the actual composer, Danny Elfman, had requested that Dobby legally change it back to, well, Dobby. But anyways, back to my business idea. Okay, okay, okay. Bye, Dobby. Time to walk you out. Wait, it's called House Elf on the Shelf. It's going to be the newest, coolest Christmas thing to have on your shelf. Okay. All right. Where was I? Anyways, I want to thank J1K for the use of their music, Captured Soul, from the School Days B-Tape, which you can find exclusively on j1kmusic.bandcamp.com. Next week's episode, we're going to be diving right back into major blockbuster movies for the summer as we talk all about Jurassic World Dominion. And This Is Us is chock full of, you know, uh, emotionally heavy quotes. And I selected this quote from the latest season as I think it sums up everything very poignantly. And it goes a little something like this. The way I see it, If something makes you sad when it ends, it must have been pretty wonderful when it was happening. Once again, I've been your host, Christian Ong, and that's my cue.